should get started. We should get started. You're going to open it up? Oh, Always. We should look at the camera. I'm on the camera. But you got to remember, you got to look at the camera and not the TV. The camera. The camera, okay. yeah, because that's what I'm so is glad actually... you can chop this video up. Yeah. And we will be editing this part. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, we We're will. ready. We're ready. We're ready. Welcome to the Always Epic Podcast. I am your co-host, Charlene Provolis, with my other co-host, Jamie. Jamie. Me. Yes. Y'all, we are so excited that y'all joined us for the Always Epic Podcast. Uh, Epic stands for equipping people in church. So we talk about God, we talk about life, and we talk about pretty much everything else. And especially we talk about the church. And so we're excited. This is one of our first video series. Yes. Yeah. Really, really, it's a step up from what we've done before. Yeah. Yeah. We've done a lot of audio. And now we're And now we're doing video. We're we always wanted out. to do video. We always wanted to do video. And now we're here. But audio is just easier. Yeah. So you're you're seeing it first here. And we're excited to continue our conversation from last week. Um, obviously there's so many things happening in the world and we have been talking specifically around issues of race and coming into deeper levels of understanding. And so I'm excited to continue that conversation with Jamie. Um, and we even in last week between you know this time and last week, I know I've I've gained more. I've learned more. Yeah. Um, and I know that's something we want to talk about and maybe share some additional thoughts. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Like once you start to kind of get into this kind of conversation. Yeah. Um. There's there's always so much more room for growth and understanding other people. Yeah. And that, that's like a. I think that's one of those principles that is with all relationships, not mm -hmm. just the black white thing. But it's with all relationships. The more that you start to get to know people and understand who they are and their struggles and what they've been through, whether they're in your in group, whether they're white or they're black, yeah, like you just you start to gain more of an appreciation for who they are and yeah, um, so an understanding of the things that they go through. So yeah, it's been good. You know, I've been thinking. I, I shared this earlier about my um, experience. So you know, for the record. Um, I'm still processing, right? So I'm not perfect. Um, never claiming to be perfect. Uh, I'm human like everyone else and, and still trying to work through stuff and, you know, still learning what it looks like to honor God in this season, but also honor my experiences and be really truthful to that and still love people well, you know? Um, and so this past weekend was really, this was one of those things. It's like, you know, sometimes you, you know, you talk and then you find yourself being like, wow, that's a revelation. So, you know, the Bible says that all good and perfect gifts come from above. So I'm going to say the Lord is giving me more insight yeah. into understanding certain parts. But I wanted to specifically share some a story all right. that I thought was just really, it helped me gain another level of clarity. And I hope that it will help other people who have asked me this question, right? Um, you know, so I think one of the cool things between last week and this week, I, you know, our church was doing um, these cross-cultural conversations. And I think one of the things that was really powerful about that is going through definitions. Yeah. I think that's like foundational, understanding some of the definitions as we have these conversations around race and cultural identity and some of the challenges that are involved with that was so important. Yeah. At least to, at least to be able to speak the same language. Exactly. Even if, even if you don't totally agree with exactly. de the def those definitions, at least gives you a common ground to be able to understand each other. Absolutely. And I think you have to have that, right? Yeah. I've heard the quote, common ground before higher ground, right? It's just the idea. 
So one of those is, you know, this idea, this concept of privilege, mm -hmm. right? That's a big word. It is, yeah. And I realize for some people who are white, and Jamie, you can speak to this. I yeah. think it's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. Somebody say, okay, you have white privilege. Yeah. Um, and I can give you a space to be able to speak to that and like from your experience. But I today I just wanted I wanted to share a story because I started thinking about, okay, how do I explain my understanding of privilege? How would I interpret that through the lens of my own experience? So um, yeah, so I don't know if you want to speak to how you felt about it or you want me to share my story. No, go ahead. I think share your story. I think, that's, okay. I think that's important. Yeah, well, this is really hilarious, right? So this comes about because I am hanging out with one of my friends who is white. She and her husband are very white. They um, are white. They are white. I love them, right? They're like good people. <laughs> so I'm on her boat <laughs> in a lake someplace. It was it was pristine, y'all. It was nice. I should post those pictures. But as I was like, this is this is a nice experience. And we were having this conversation around race, and I really appreciate her willingness to approach the conversation gently and just ask me questions. Not make it a big deal. It's like, hey, I came to hang out and 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 you know, just spend time together. So it's not something we had to necessarily talk about, yeah. but we did, and I'm thankful that we did. And I was explaining to her, I was like, you know, this is my concept of privilege, right? It boils down to really it really boils down to relationships. So let me think, let's think about this. Um, when we talk about privilege, you know, essentially it's, it, you know, we can define a part of it as access to different resources by virtue of relationships that you are in. You know, from my vantage point, and I know this is not true for every white person. So don't say Charlene said this about, I did not say that. Right? She didn't. It's, it's on camera. It's on camera. And audio. And audio. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, this is not a universal statement. But for the folks that I know, let's say the folks that I know, the white people that I know, right, have relationship with, um, the truth is they could go throughout most of their lives. And I know that they would agree because I've had the conversation with some of my white friends and they would say, you are right. They could go throughout most of their life and continue to live, you know, what we would call, call coin the American dream. Buy houses, build businesses, you know, get education. Um, make advancements in their workplace without having to really develop substantial relationships cross-culturally. Mm -hmm. Right. That means they don't have to. Yeah. You know, this idea of we need to develop cross-cultural relationships, you know, well, as someone who's black, I felt like I have to do that, right? I have to do that and I have to learn how to function in the world with people who don't look like me. But some of my friends who are white don't necessarily have to do that. They choose to be in relationships with people who are people of color. Um, and so then I start thinking, I'm like, let me think about this. This is, this is when we talk about privilege. Yeah. Could I do that, right? Right now. Let's start thinking about if I, you know, so essentially what I'm saying, if, if you know, a person who is white, some of my friends, I'm like, if you eliminate all the black people, I mean, you have a lot of friends that you've lost, that some of the, the key, some of those other key relationships that help you function in the world that you function in would not be changed. However, right. if you were to reverse that, and let's say Charlene, we're gonna pretend that all the white people are gonna disappear from my life. Poof. Jamie is gone. That is crazy, right? So let's just say all the white people disappeared from my life. Um, this is what privilege looks like for me when I'm when I'm thinking about explaining it. Because the reality is for people of color, we don't have the option in many cases to not develop relationships cross-culturally because some of the most important um, aspects of our life are affected by it. So let's talk about me personally. 
If I took all the white people out of my life and I just said, you know, I'm not going to have significant relationships with anybody who doesn't look like me. Well, one, you know, I go to I go to a multicultural church, but the majority of my church leadership and has been for some while for for some time have been white people. Right. So that means I wouldn't really have access to the the I guess the spiritual growth or the 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 spiritual um, education that I've received. So those relationships will be affected. Right now, currently, my, my living situation will be affected because I, you know, I'm blessed to have two two housemates who are both white, so they would be gone, and um, some of my other significant relationships with my friends would be gone. And if I look back, you know, over the course of my education, a lot of my professors and and undergraduate and graduate school, you know, they would be gone, and you know, even some of you know, being an independent business owner, even some of the businesses that I've worked with and relationships I've developed would be would be gone. I said all that to say, uh, yeah, it's important that I have these relationships in my life and I recognize that I'm not able to really do life the same way without those relationships. To me, that's just one way of looking at privilege. You know, folks who are white, you have the privilege of not having to develop relationships cross-culturally and still functioning. Me as some person of color, yeah, that's not really that's not really the case. And I guess you could argue, well, Charlotte, you can develop relationships with with all black people and figure out all those pieces. True. It's just not my situation right now. If I'm looking at my situation right now, I'm like, wow, I hadn't even put that in perspective until I'm sitting on a boat with my white friend in this very uh, pristine situation thinking, wow, I wouldn't even have that opportunity. Some of the things that I've learned. And no joke, you know, I'm learning about horses now, which is really, is really, it's really exciting. One day I'm going to get on one and ride one's going to be awesome. Um, but some of the things that I'm learning now, I'm like, yeah, you know, I, the truth is some of my friends who don't look like me introduced me to those things. And I appreciate that. And without those relationships, I wouldn't have access to those kind of resources. I wouldn't have access to what we're doing right now, you know. Um, so it's just, you know, that's a small way for me to help folks understand that you know, when we talk about white privilege and, and Jamie, I definitely want you to speak to it. You know, we're not trying to beat you in the head and, and say, you know, say you're a bad person for that. Um, but I do think it's important for people to realize, you know, take a broader step, step back and look at it from maybe a broader lens. So, yeah, you know, I think the I know for me uh, and I think for a lot of uh, for a lot of other white people, uh, whenever you hear that that term white privilege, uh, you get that sense of, well, what do you mean? Like I had to work for this. Yeah. I didn't just get this, and that's very true. That's and that, but that's the true. first thing uh, when when you hear privilege in our world and our definition. Whenever you hear privilege, we're thinking about the people above us who have privilege hmm. more than more than uh, most white Americans do. But uh, the so to look at the levels of different privileges, we see. Um, when we hear that, it's like, well, what are you talking about? I grew up poor. I grew up like this. I had to work to get mm -hmm. where I'm at. I had to do, I had to do a lot. Like I had to put myself through school. I had to work three jobs. I had to whatever. I had a bad childhood. Whatever the thing. Not that's not all me. Uh, so. Wow. So you had a rough life. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> no, but you you had those those people yeah, that when they hear true. that they're like, I don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah. And um, and I think that's the first thing that comes to comes to our mind. It came to my mind whenever I heard white privilege. I'm like, uh, I don't think so, mm -hmm. um, because I was looking at it in in my shoes, but I wasn't looking at it 
in the definition from somebody else's shoes, from somebody like your shoes. Yeah. Um, and so in, uh, in a world where, you're exactly right, in a world where I can walk around and I think it's something like 75%, Maybe even less. I think now it's like 60-something percent of the United States is white. So everywhere I go, I'm going to see people like me. That's true. And, uh, and so it's, it's easier for, uh, for me to find people that are like me that are doing things more and greater than I am. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so the, idea of, the idea of privilege kind of stung at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I understand it a little bit more. I understand, uh, that I'm not looking at it through my lens and it's not questioning how hard I work, but it's just saying that in some cases it was easier for me to be able to get where I'm at because of my, my history, Mm -hmm. because of the opportunities that I had, because my parents had stuff to be able to pass down to me, um, whether it's financially or it's, uh, a, a, a mental state um they were able to pass those things down to me where and a lot of the and a lot of the black community it's not that way yeah they didn't have stuff to be able to pass down and mm-hmm. so it's like each generation has to scrap for their own yeah and uh and on top of that mm-hmm. you're having to uh you're having to fight these other concepts that people are think that oh this is a black person i don't know if i really trust them yeah you know, and even if they don't want to say that, those are some of the things that that you're battling against that I don't necessarily battle against yeah. on an everyday basis. I think that was that's part of the like this whole thing is about walking in other people's shoes. It really is, and we can't do that unless we start having these conversations and we kind of step back and stop taking offense to everything and start trying to hear what people of color are saying. Yeah in their perspective, not from our perspective. Yeah. And I so, agree. yeah. And I, you know, honestly, some, you know, I love when people ask, you know, white people have asked me, you know, what can we do in this season? Like, what can we do? Like, I feel like I want to do something. Yeah. And I appreciate my friends who've been really, you know, um, adamant about wanting to do something, but I think you hit it on the head. A part of the doing is getting a, gaining a level of understanding. Yeah. Right. And you have to slow down in order to do that because, you know, just recently I responded to an email um, from somebody I, I love and respect who was asking me my perspective. He had sent me some videos, you know, different. And, you know, his attempt was to get genuine information. And I trust that that was what he was doing. And, you know, most of the sources that were sent to him were, you know, one sided. And I was like, man, this is really one sided here. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate his attempt in asking and seeking and seeking um, a greater level of understanding. But I responded back, you know, at the end of the day, we can use all kinds of facts, figures, and numbers to, to, to create whatever narrative we really, we really want to create. Mm-hmm. But what's more important at the end of the day? What's more important at the end of the day is valuing the re- relationships we have in front of us, right? So yes, do I want people to even understand where I'm coming from? Absolutely, that's important. Um, and I think if someone is, is if someone says to me, "Hey, I genuinely care about you," then that's something that I feel like that comes along with it. Yeah. But you know what? I'm also I also have a responsibility to do that as well, right? Even if I felt like I'm, you know, in this situation, maybe experiencing um, the hardship, it still doesn't relinquish my responsibility to one seek understanding of other people, right? Mm-hmm. And in many ways to provide understanding. 
Um, and, you know, it's not necessarily our, our responsibility, our or me or whomever's responsibility to make sure that other person, you know, gets it. Uh, no, you know, that's, you know, people have to come to their level of understanding whenever they come. Yes. We just need to be able to be healthy contributors to, to that. But, you know, I, w I really want to address that because I know that that's a sensitive topic. Yeah. And you know what, you know, some of, you know, in, in parts of my, in seasons of my life, and sometimes I still feel like that now, you know what, one of the greatest things that could be happening in the season is this opportunity to develop empathy. Yeah. You know, when I have my white friends who are like, I'm really uncomfortable. I'm really feeling like. This is like, I'm, I feel like this is attacking me. Yeah. You know, there's a large part of me that wants to say, welcome. <laughs> welcome to what it feels like yeah. to experience this pressure. Yeah. Now, I don't want you to live in that space, but I think for a moment, if you slow down and really think about it, I was like, wow, this is how I feel. Yeah. As a person, I was like, I could imagine what it feels like to have that level of pressure every single day. That's true. To feel uncomfortable every day yeah. in your skin. Which, by the way, is not something, you know, you know, as I said before, we're believers. We can pray about a lot of things and I believe God can change a lot of things, but he's probably not yeah. going to change the color of my skin. Yeah. Surprisingly enough. Yeah. I don't think he um, wants to. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to. I like being brown, <laughs> you know. Um, so I, I just, you know, I want to share that because I just that's just my perspective on that. And, you know, I know that other people, everybody's not going to necessarily necessarily agree with that and. I don't even know that that's my goal. You know, we have our own narrative. We have our own story that we need to be able to tell. And yeah. I think as long as we keep a posture of wanting to learn and grow, we're in a healthy space. Yeah. You know, if you if you had asked me these questions mm, about 12, 13 years ago, man, I would have turned up. Yeah. I would have been correct, correct. Yeah. I might not have engaged this conversation the same way because I, I thought differently then. Yeah. Um, and I'm still very passionate, but. And that's a, and I think that's the, that's a part of the process. Mm -hmm. So 12, 13 years ago, if somebody came up to you and asked you about it and said, tell me about this thing. And you're like, and then you go, you go off on them. It's because it, I think at that point, it's just like this, it's not a new thing, no. but it's finally like, there are words to put with this. Right. There are definitions to apply to these, these internal things and these external things that have been happening to me mm -hmm. that maybe you have not been able to explain before You're right. in a in a very clear way and now that it's becoming a part of the narrative all that stuff is that as a as a culture that have been suppressed is now able to come out and so to be able to to this whole process of 12 13 years of finding yeah. finding your voice i think that's now starting to happen with white people um and the understanding of what has uh historically happened to black people Mm -hmm. And uh, and the residual effects that's continuing today, even with the mm -hmm. lack of laws uh, of uh, segregation, uh, Jim Crow, and all that stuff. Um, I think I think we are now uh, kind of starting to understand some of that stuff. So it's mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable for us because it's like we've lived our lives. It feels like we've lived our lives, and this stuff has been going on. And I was asking my wife last night, and I'm still trying to formulate this, like, why do we, like, feel uncomfortable with this? Hmm. Because it's not happening question. to me. Like, am I feeling uncomfortable now? Because now that I understand and know this, now I have to do something about it. Hmm. And these cultural norms, like, uh, within our families, within um, our, our circles, 
now we can't just sit back and let people talk the way that they used to talk and just brush it off as like, oh, it's just the whatever. It's just the racist friend that I have or whatever. Wow. You know, <laughs> that's extreme. But, you know, that's yeah. just like the that's those are the and it's not even that overt. It's like that's just the undertone of I know what you're talking about hmm. without you having to say anything. Um, and now we can't we can't ignore that yeah. anymore. And for so long, I know for me, like growing up, it wasn't. Like, I don't, um, I didn't think, I don't think I'm racist. I didn't look at other people like, well, they're black and I'm white. So I'm more superior because of my skin, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so that's just how it is. You know, God made me that way. You yeah. know? And so, uh, Cause there are never, some people who feel that way. Yeah. And I think that's a lot less people that feel that way than, uh, uh, than I think what a lot of white people feel whenever we hear some of these words, hmm. like when we hear some of this, it's like me. You're saying I am? I don't even know anybody that thinks like that. And and so it's like this, it's just this weird feeling of, man, this is actually happening. Mm -hmm. And so I think I think we're at the beginning stages of this and it's like uncomfortable and we lash out at things like uh, whenever people say black lives matter, it's like we can't we can't just say you're right, black lives matter. We have to add in all lives matter. Do you Both feel like are, it's just mainly to feel comfortable with the concept of it. I, yeah, I think so. Well, and also I think it's because of the mindset. Like, I grew up, uh, and we didn't have this phrase, but in essence, I grew up that all lives matter. Hmm. And the term Black Lives Matter doesn't mean that all lives don't matter. It's just, that's hey, we're trying to focus on this thing right now and this issue. And I think that's a hard thing for, um, I know that's a hard thing for me to do. And as I'm talking to other people, it's a hard thing for other, I think other white people to do, and probably a lot of people to do, is to stick to this one thing. Yeah. And let's try to fix, let's try to start the narrative around this one thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, about saying Black Lives Matter yeah. and, and all the stuff that's kind of happening in that. It's hard for us to stick to that one thing without saying, yeah, but what about this? And okay, yeah, but what about black on black crime? And uh, yeah, but white people get killed by police too. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, it's hard for us to, uh, these are things that need to be talked about, mm -hmm. but. I don't think we're there yet. I think we. I think as as white people, we're we're in this. A lot of us are trying to figure out. You're waking up. Maybe yeah. not quite woke, but like <laughs> sitting up in the bed. Yeah, it's like we're starting to realize. Oh man, mm -hmm. if I walk a little bit in uh, a person of color shoes, not every person of color. Yeah. But if I if I in a majority, if I walk in their shoes for a little bit, then I can start to see the the tiny little hints of racism. Uh, or the tiny little hints of uh, um, uh, bigotry and, and all that, that just when you walk into a place and you get called something or you get ignored or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's only funny because it doesn't happen to me a lot because uh, I'm a white guy. It's just this kind of thing doesn't happen. Yeah. Me and my wife, we walked into a restaurant um, and it was a very progressive restaurant. It was vegan. Uh, it was like super delicious and I really like it and we're probably going to go back. Uh, uh, they made a, uh, uh, everywhere, uh, not everywhere, but like in the menu and everything, they're very proud of the fact that they are female owned Oh wow! and, uh, uh, it, they weren't like all female staff or anything, but they were female owned and it was just a big part of, of who they were. Well, um, maybe it was just the waitress. Not at one point did she look at me in the eyes. Wow. She only talked to Jennifer. Uh, she only asked her questions. 
even when I was ordering, she didn't even look at me. Wow. And it was like, <laughs> I can laugh because that, that was the first time it's ever happened. But I was like, man, okay, this only happened to me once, mm. but what if this happened to me all the time? All the time. Not all the time, like every second of every day, but enough for you to be enough, aware. Enough for you to be aware that, okay, it's not just this one person. For me, it's just this one lady. Yeah. But if other people start doing it, then there's something else that's happening. And and I and that has helped me. And actually, even now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, man, maybe that, as, much, as, as funny as that was, maybe that has also kind of helped me to see, uh, maybe walk a little bit and kind of understand, oh, okay, that's what you're talking about. It's empathy. Yeah. It's exactly what that is. And so it was, it was quite funny. And even Jennifer was laughing. She was like, and I wonder if that's bill, a part of the culture. Of yeah, that. it probably it probably is. That's really um, fascinating. You know, and so, so in some way, I can I respect that now. Uh, not that I agree with it. Like, I don't think we should on purpose do something like that. But unless it was done on purpose. To achieve to this achieve, very thing that you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's pretty like... Uh, Thank God you were open to it, though, because yeah. that could have gone really bad with yeah. someone who wasn't. <laughs> well, even like she handed the bill to my wife, right, which was part of the whole thing. And uh, so my wife was like... And handed it to me. I'm like, like what happens this if it was so two silly. dudes at the vegan rep? That's so interesting. Yeah. Now I want to go there and bring guy friends. Yeah. Just sit here. I want to see what she does. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I, uh, I think, I think that that situation, um, you know, it's, it's such a weird, like, and that's where a lot of this stuff is so like, um, so intricate and, mm -hmm. and it's not, it's not simple. Like, uh, racism and these, and this stuff, sin, racism is a piece of sin, like this deeper rooted issue, Absolutely. but it is like. If it's not a if it's not an umbrella anymore, as far as the law goes, mm -hmm. it is roots that have like weaved its way into the fabric of mm -hmm. our society, in our minds, mm -hmm. into the way that we do things, and and it is really that, especially being so close to whenever this stuff was abolished, mm -hmm. like I. I really look back now and I'm like, I, I was ignorant to think that it could just be wiped away just because there's no laws about it anymore. Yeah. Like it is a, I understand in my own personal life that there's things that there's strongholds in my life mm -hmm. as a little, from a little kid that I still have to deal with. Yeah. I can't imagine, well, I can't, I can't imagine the years and years and years. Yeah. And racism is just one piece of it. But it's it it is it is literally years and years and years of sin, mm -hmm. of of our enemy trying to wedge things in between us. Yeah. Um. And this is one of those things, but it's one of those things that we have to start dealing with, yeah. and we can't ignore it. We can't just stop not talk about it. We have to, we have to talk about it yeah. to get it open. I don't know if, I don't know if we get flack for this or not, but um, I've been listening to a lot of different a lot of different people. I've always been interested in Malcolm X and um. Mm -hmm. Uh, just in his thoughts and how and the way he thinks and just the progression of his life. Um, uh, when he became a Muslim, he changed hmm. uh, in 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 his some of his tactics. But he said something that I was like, "Oh yeah, I don't agree with everything that Malcolm X said, but I do agree with this." Um, he was in an interview and 
um, he was saying a white man has to be able to uh, sit down with a black man and freely speak his mind. And the black man has to be able to do the same in order for us to take out from underneath the rug uh, what has been hidden so that it can be revealed. Mm -hmm. So we could talk about it. And I was like, that's, that's good. Yeah. And that's one of the things I think, I feel like, um, uh, like we have that rapport. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, but I don't necessarily have that rapport with every person of color. Yeah. And I don't have that with every white person either. Yeah. So. And, I, and I think that's, that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we need to search out those, those things because this really is a grassroots movement. This is a, this is something, it's grassroots, but it's also, yeah, it's, it's bigger than that. But on an individual level, mm -hmm. uh, in order for us to change culture, we have to be changed as well. Yeah. And we have to have those personal one-on-one -on -one conversations. It's not just the overarching system that has to change. That only change. The only reason we have the system that we have right now is because of who we are as yeah. people. Like we created these systems. Yeah. We created how we interact with people. It's we did true. this. If all of us were gone from the earth today, the earth would not care about any of the right. stuff that we created. It would devour it right. over time. And so uh, I think we said that. I think I said something like that in the last podcast. But yeah. uh, but, but this is, yeah, this is, I think it's, it's important to be able to find, uh, find those people. Uh, to be able to have those conversations so that yeah. we can unearth those things that are on the inside of us. Right. And, uh, and I think, I think that's where healing and stuff will start to happen. Yeah. So. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I've said this before and I'm going to continue to say it cause I, I don't think we're going to have any sustainable change, right. In the way that we live our lives and, um, the way that we love other people, unless our heart changes, like there's no way to do that. And God usually works through relationships to do that. Obviously, the first relationship being the one that we have with him. And then, you know, the ones that we have with other people as we allow God to be able to use them to sharpen us, et cetera. So I think it's good. You know, of all the, I guess, the, the crap, if we're allowed to say that on our... Um, Too late. Five, it's been said, done. <laughs> um, that's been happening. You know, one of the things that I can honestly say that I appreciate is the fact that I don't know that this dialogue would have happened without something unraveling, something major. And I don't even know that, you know, the, you know, unfortunate, uh, untimely death of George Floyd, you know, some people are like, oh my gosh, this one thing caused everything. No, I don't think yeah, that, nah. that, that certainly wasn't the case, but I do believe that it was enough to get people to look again and to kind of change, you know, go back and really examine, wow, do we really have an issue? Yeah, we do, we've had it for a long time. And we need to start having conversations. We need to start educating ourselves. We need to start educating other people. We need to start giving space for people to tell their real story, right? And not just make these assumptions or, you know, the worst case scenario, be dismissive when people are like, no, this is a real problem. We're like, no, it's not. You just you just do what I did and you'll have a life I lived. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, that doesn't work like that. Yes. And I would advise. Even for other white people. Yeah. Let me advise white people. Let me turn. <laughs> And people are like, never give advice to white people. These are, I love you guys, right? I love all people. I've had white people tell me that. If you just do what I did, then you'll have what I, what I have. And I was like, you know, in some regard, yeah, I can follow your level of success. You know, we want to be wise about that. But at the end of the day, 
I mean, I have a whole different set of circumstances that I have to keep in mind. And I'm going to go back to a point that you made that I think is really, really powerful that we don't think about when we talk about, you know, kind of wrapping this conversation around, wrapping up around um, privilege is, you know, you talked about the fact that you, your family might have provided you with access to resources and, you know, yeah. whether it be financial resources, et cetera, or just a mindset um, and how that is different for certain members of the African-American community. And you're absolutely right. You know, when I think about that from just a very standpoint, another point of this idea of privilege, it's like, well, if my parents, my mom and dad did not have a home that they owned, um, you know, the financial uh, opportunity there is lost. So if I'm going to change that, right? And you say, well, you can change that. Well, yeah, I'm going to change that for myself. But then my mom still needs support. And then I need to create enough to be able to support my mom, potentially myself and my kids. Yeah. So yeah, it's equal opportunity, but I have to work three times as hard to be able to create the same level of sustainability moving forward. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think people process that. It's like, you know, there's a, a term called the black tax. Um, and it's, it's very much that, that idea that even economically in the black community, you, you know, your dollar has to go in three different directions. It has mm -hmm. to be able to provide for you. You need to have, have enough wisdom to provide for your future generation, but you also need to bring with you mamas and daddies and grandmas and grandpas who didn't have access to that. And it's not as easy just to say, well, they should have just worked harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even if they worked their butts off, there were literally laws in place that made it difficult for yeah. past generations to ever own anything. Yeah. And so these small things, and this is just basic history, right? Yeah. That I realize that people are not made aware of. And so, you know, I would never take away someone's effort. I would never tell a white person, well, you didn't have to work for anything. No, that's not true. I mean, everybody has to work for, for whatever they're achieved. And I believe that should be applauded and recognized. But it's these added layers sometimes that we don't think about, that we don't add to the conversation. And again, I appreciate your point of, you know, for a lot of people of color, it's difficult because I know for myself, it wasn't until maybe the last maybe five years or so that I felt like I had the language to communicate some of the things that I had been experiencing. Yeah. I felt it, but I didn't understand it until I like sought a, a some more education around myself. Like, man, and what I, is what I'm feeling in the workplace, I recognize something's wrong, but is it just me or is this a real thing? Yeah, I'm seeing things in my neighborhood where I grew up and I don't want to go back to that place, but why is that the case? Why is yeah. it that my grandmother lived in the projects for 40 years? I'm like, I don't understand. Why, why do I feel like I'm going back in time or I'm going, I'm, like my life is just doing a 180 when I leave Wake Forest yeah. and I go hang out with my family in other parts, of, you know, other parts of the country. Yeah. Love my family, love those communities, but they're very different. We show up differently. So, you know, again, it was in the last couple of years that I started gaining more understanding, more language to say, yeah, yeah, this is, this is, we have issues, yeah. right? And the truth is, so long as we're alive, we're humans, we're going to have issues that we're contending with. Yeah. And I think people admitting that is really important. And yeah, it's uncomfortable, but I don't know, I don't know any sin that you're going to approach that you're not going to be uncomfortable with. Yeah. Namely one a, sin. That you, yeah, yeah. That one sin that you're going to overcome with God and not at some point be like, this is really even, you know, the Bible talks about confessing our sins one to another. The, I, I've never been able to do that without feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. That's not, hard. not, not with a, not with a genuine heart of repentance. Yeah. And so, you know, if people are feeling black or white, but particularly white people, if they're feeling like, well, this is really difficult. Well, this is a part of the journey. And I think the quicker we are able to embrace that 
and recognize, all right, this is an issue. We want to see change. Um, we believe that God desires to see change. I am a firm believer that it's God's heart and his desire for, for one, for all men to come into relationship with him. And But why is that? Because he loves us and he wants us to be able to have a wholeness of life. And so when we have a bunch of brokenness and a bunch of hurt and violence and sin in our communities, I believe that grieves the heart of God because it's yeah. not God's intention. And yeah. yes, yet it is our own sin, right? And we need to, you know, need to contend with that and deal with it. But I, I just, I appreciate the fact that we're having the conversation. Yeah, because, I do. Yeah, we would have been podcasting about a lot of other things. Yeah. Or talking about a lot of other things. There's a lot to talk about. But I think this conversation is important. And, um, and you know, it, it might be uncomfortable for a season. It might be uncomfortable forever. But I don't, I, like, like you said, I agree. I don't think it's something we shouldn't address. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks good. for sharing. Absolutely. I appreciate you sharing too. I learned yeah. some stuff too. Yeah. That was good. I learned stuff all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So look at you. Just learning away. Learning away. Learning away. Well, when you, got, when you got good friends, it's easy to learn stuff. So. Yes. I'm affirming <laughs> myself. Um, well, we appreciate y'all hanging out with us uh, again. Again, you can follow us on all of our social media platforms. We're trying to build our Instagram, Facebook. You know? Yeah. We, we like to believe we have something important to say. <laughs> That's just us. If not, at least we get to talk, and then there's maybe like a handful of people that yeah. that like it. And, and yeah, we and love those people. Yeah, that, that's right. And we're going to keep it epic. But you can follow us on Instagram at Always Epic Podcast, and you can follow us on Twitter at Always Epic Cast, and of course Facebook. And, you know, we're streaming on Apple and on Spotify and Google, all those podcasting outlets. So yeah. um, we're excited. We're going to keep we're gonna keep rolling. Let's do it. So, yeah. All right. All right. We're out. See ya.